0: Central New York, and hello, hockey fans all across the internet, and welcome to 315 Hockey Live, brought to you by 315hockey.com and powered by My Little Falls. So, as usual, we have got a great show lined up for you today because there is a lot of college hockey action going on in the Utica area. And boy, we have brought a high powered guest here to, to talk about everything that's going on in the world of the Pioneers. Before I bring our guest in, though, of course, I want to bring in my sidekick over here, our producer of the show. The guy who makes everything go around, Mr. Dave the Save Warner. How are you?
1: Just don't say technical problems. No, no.
0: We don't want to hear that. Not yet. Not yet. No. We've got a minute in (laughs) so far. We're good. We're good. Even though, I will say, though, it's not a show unless something goes wrong. That's true. Yeah.
1: And this is the 13th show.
0: Is it? Oh, my God.
1: Yes, well, of 315 Hockey Live.
0: I wish you hadn't said that. This is like my 500th show. Well, but. yeah, maybe for you, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you're back when they were doing the, the, the crank wheel there with the camera, right? Uh, and, we were
1: doing that. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> early day podcasts on film.
0: Yeah. yeah with a phonograph yeah
1: yeah seventy
0: (laughs) eight. yeah um but anyways let's uh let's get right into that Utica Pioneers hockey and to come in to talk to us about Utica Pioneers hockey every Pioneers fan knows who this guy is he is the voice of the Utica Pioneers he is the one he is the only Mr. Ray Biggs Ray how are you (laughs) <laughs> I'm great,
2: and I can't believe I've gotten an introduction that great. That's probably the first time ever that it wasn't met following a... Uh, or. B- immediately preceding a chorus of booze, so I got that going for me, which is nice. We even got a pause for you. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't think I've ever actually been booed, but... <laughs>
1: I need a boo track.
2: Yeah, I know, right? I don't have one. That's next. And that's next, next,
1: next. We'll have it by next week.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, oh boy, famous last words. Yeah. I find out you have a boo track. <laughs> yeah. See what you did to yourself now?
1: Trust me, if I'd had one, you would have heard it.
2: <laughs> well, next time, next time I come on here i better keep my guard up <laughs> yeah, <right.
0: laughs> or just cut your mic that's it you know. yeah. <laughs> so you hey, better, all right yeah been good been good just
2: getting ready for that last home game of the semester here it's uh gonna be a little bit different after this is uh following the usa game i'm actually uh taking a pretty huge step back from my SID duties just going to call games only and come and go really. Really. So it's uh, in the way it's kind of the end of an era but also, you know, certainly uh, the fun times are going to continue.
0: Sure, sure. So so just for anybody who's listening and doesn't understand, what are your SID du- uh, duties?
2: So a lot of the content you see on the website, the previews, the post game releases, all of that is handled through the Utica University Office of Sports Information, headed up by uh, Adam Ziebarowski, and we've we've been really lucky to have some good department heads there: uh, Gilberg, Master, who kind of set the modern standard of what our department's supposed to be; Laurel Simer and now Adam Ziebarowski. So I've been an assistant to all three, and yeah, it's uh, pretty much a uh, the jack of all trades, Jill of all trades kind of job. Mm-hmm. You do a little bit of everything. You get your hands dirty in a lot of different ways. Wow. And uh yeah, it's pretty uh it's about as hands-on as you can possibly get in college athletics without playing or coaching.
0: Jeez. Wow. That's so, how long you been doing it?
2: Um, in some way, shape, or form. So in a real permanent position, about five years, it's really been more like eight or nine. probably ever since i graduated i mean i was an intern in the department a long time ago and uh yeah it's it's been it's been a great ride i'm still kind of keeping my uh keeping my keys keeping my computer they'll be able to call on me if they absolutely need it but for the most part i'm just kind of gonna call games and from there uh that's really what my schedule is gonna allow me to do going forward i kind of took on more responsibilities at my day job. And that's just kind of the price I've paid here is uh, right. unfortunately i had to make a, a few tweaks.
0: Well, there's, there's only so many hours in the day too. So, I mean, that's, that's exactly. Uh, yeah. But I'll tell you, Adam's a great guy. I got to meet him, you know, this season and man, what he, he's a fantastic guy. He really is. So, but all right, well, I'll tell you what, you're still the play-by-play guy. You're always going to be the play-by-play guy as far as I'm concerned. Let's talk about some hockey. So the last game yeah, was Tuesday night. Uh, it was the women's team. They played uh, Morrisville. The 14th ranked Pioneers took on the Morrisville Mustangs at the, uh, well, the Adirondack Bank Center it wasn't at the Nexus Center. So we got to kind of try to keep that straight because sometimes they're over at the Nexus and then other times over at the odds. So anyways, you were at the odd uh, Tuesday night. Uh, much closer game than a lot of people expected. Uh, the Pioneers came away with a three to two victory, got two shorthanded goals. What did you see in that game?
2: Well, I saw 30 minutes where it just kind of felt like the Pioneers couldn't get out of their own way. The flow-up ice wasn't particularly great. The transition was sloppy. It just it felt like a Tuesday night game following a holiday weekend in sure. every sense of the word. And Morrisville comes in, and you know what? They were, they're probably a little bit fired up. I mean, it's easy to get up for a game when you're playing the school that your coach played for, for starters, absolutely, Morrisville uh, head coach, Melissa Lamanto is the inaugural captain of the program. Believe it or not. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so you see that on the other side and you see, you know, your coach's coach over there. It, it, it certainly pumps you up. It fires you up a little bit and, I think that showed in the early stages of that game that Morrisville team didn't look like a team that had two wins, no whatsoever, and they caught us a little bit flat-footed, I think, and it took a while to turn it around. But two short-handed goals gets the job yeah, done. Yeah, it does. Honestly, off offense that's that unorthodox. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's very befitting if Utica was going to have to kind of grind out a Tuesday night game. Go out there and get a couple of shorties.
0: <laughs> right, but you know what? Every once in a while, a game like that is actually good for a team. You know, it kind of it puts things back in a little bit of perspective. Like, okay, you know, every game you got to grind it out. And you know, like you said, Morrisville did not look like a team that only has two wins. Uh, they were just coming off a game on Sunday, I believe. They won against Lebanon Valley. I believe they'd shut them out four to nothing. And then the week before that, they played Hamilton College, who was at the time was ranked fifteenth, and they only lost three to one. So. They had a little bit of momentum going in, but you know, good on the pioneers to, to grind it out and and get the job done.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is too. I mean, Morrisville, sure, they've got two wins right now, but it's a really, really young group yeah, that they've is. got. They only have, I think, even just a sparing number of juniors. It's right. all freshman, sophomore there. Yeah, I don't think and they have any seniors. Sometimes it takes a while to. Yeah, it takes a while to kind of get a hockey club together, especially I think for. More so for the public schools, for the state schools, they took that entire COVID year off. That had to hurt as far as continuity in the programs go. I mean, Plattsburgh has turned out just fine, but that's a whole (laughs) different conversation. (laughs) Right.
0: An entirely different Um, animal entirely. But but
2: when you, you know, you're kind of not in that boat. You're not fortunate enough to be in that specific boat. Right. There's some of the SUNY schools, some of the SUNY acts for sure. I think did take a hit coming out of that COVID break where they didn't play all year. Sure. So that right. results in some younger teams.
0: Yeah. And essentially, I mean, it's basically just like starting all over again, really. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect Morrisville to actually pick up a few more wins going forward, but let's talk about that pioneers team for just a little bit longer. I mean, the offense has been outstanding. Uh, I, I believe, and I, I didn't check the, the stats today, but they were leading uh, Division Three in goals per game, and and Angela Hawthorne has been outstanding in net too. So, uh, going into this weekend's game against Alvernia, who actually is not too bad themselves, so they're four two and two overall, and they're three one and zero in the uh, UCHC. So, it's going to be another challenging weekend, I think, for the Pioneers.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think a team like Alvernia, they for years since the outset of their program. And I think they're in year three, year four. I haven't dove too far into it. I'm actually not going to get to do Friday's game uh, because of my work schedule. Um, But they have particularly strong goaltending. They're really good on the offensive blue line. I think that they're one of those teams. They're going to be fighting for the opportunity to at least host a playoff game kind of in that three, four, five pocket behind Nazareth and Utica. So these are going to be some really, really big points for the Pioneers. You know, if this is an opportunity to stand and deliver and go get six really, really big points, because I have a feeling before the end of the season, a team like Alvernia is going to trip up a Manhattanville, a Nazareth, heaven forbid a Utica. They're going to trip one of those teams up and, you don't want to be the odd team out.
0: Right, exactly.
2: And that end up costing you a first-round buy or anything else like that. So I think that this is an absolutely monstrous game in that regard. This is a monstrous series in that regard, and the Pioneers have to take care of themselves. And to, to your point as well, I think – When you get the kind of goal support Angela Hawthorne's gotten, I mean, she's an elite goaltender by herself. Sure. When you take an elite goaltender and you give her the confidence and the comfort of the goal support that she has gotten, it takes an elite goaltender and makes them that much better. Right, exactly. Right now, she's playing as well as she ever has. And I tell people all the time, if she was 6 to 8 inches taller, she might not even be here. She might be in a division one
0: uniform somewhere. Boy, that's that's a lot because of Because she really points. is that good. She is. You know, she almost like it's almost like a Henrik Lundqvist who, you know, a smaller athlete, but plays the angles so well, you know, and just does what she does, which is incredible. But you know, now like the Pioneers are almost in that situation where they were the hunters, but they're now becoming the hunted when you think about it, because they started the season outside of the top fifteen. They went to Elmira and almost beat them. The number four Elmira, I mean, they almost won. And then all of a sudden, they go on this run. Forget the Arcadia game because I mean, yes, it, it counts as a tie. But I was at the, and their their goaltender Joe Coates was just incredible. I mean, they peppered her with shots, and it was just a matter of a hot goalie having a great game. Um, but now, starting to turn a little bit. Now everybody's looking at the pioneers, going, ah, that's the team we want to go after.
2: Yeah, and you raise a great point too with that second Arcadia game because I think Alvernia brings a very, very similar blueprint coming in. They've got an established coach. They're a young team. They have great goaltending. Those pieces, I mean, that that's the type of thing that – that's the type of team that's a sleeper. Sure. That's the type of team that assails somebody that's in the top two or three in the league and everybody's shocked. So it's really, really good. I think that you brought that up and yeah, we'll see what happens this weekend.
0: Exactly. Alvernia is like that, that team that's just waiting behind the corner, just ready to trip them up as they're coming through, you know?
2: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. And for the Pi- pioneers too, I mean, the last few years, especially, I think, you know, this is already, this has consistently been one of the better programs in the country and now They're probably in a position for the first time in a really, really long time where they very, very easily can. And they were in the same position last year, so I shouldn't say in a long time. But these last couple of years, you know, as good as they've been, there's always kind of been that 800 pound gorilla in the room. Elmira has always been there. Sure. These last two seasons, it's been kind of refreshing because now the Pioneers are really more so in control of their own destiny than they really ever have been.
0: Oh, absolutely. And
2: yeah, so you talk about hunter hunted. I think it does. It changes the complexion of your program. It changes the identity of your program a little bit. You certainly don't want to get too far away from the core values of what makes you what you are, but it definitely also, it changes that dynamic for sure, because now you're one of the top dogs.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. And, and, really with an opportunity to be the top dog. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and just, you know, real quick, looking ahead on the schedule, you know, obviously not looking past Alvernia, but just looking at what else is down there. So, I mean, they got a game next, well, January 10th, coming up against Oswego State, who's ranked 15th right now. Uh, They've got Hamilton College, who was ranked 15th, and then they close out the season with two games against Nazareth, who is, of course, number 10 and a UCHC rival. So there it is right there. You know, you put together, obviously, you have to win the games that you play, you know, against other teams. But you're right. There is a golden opportunity here for them to really move up in the national rankings.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially every every single one of those games you mentioned is huge here going into the second half of the season. I love what Oswego's doing up there on the women's side. Mark Digby is an outstanding human being. I'm not surprised that he's starting to really elevate that program back to where it realistically belongs. Hamilton is good year in, year out. And then I think that the dates that the Pioneers ultimately have circled on their calendar, and they don't want to be looking too far ahead here, but because obviously in conference you need to go out there and bank every point you can against some of these other teams. There are two series, I think, coming up that really stick out, and you mentioned one of them. It's Nazareth. The other... And really the one right now that if I'm the Pioneers, I'm circling on the calendar to start with, because I believe they do play them before they play Nazareth, is Manhattanville. Yes.
0: Yes, you're Manhattanville
2: right. Manhattanville is the team that knocked him out of the playoffs last year. That's right. Manhattanville is kind of the other team that's in that title conversation. Right. You, you can't get caught looking at Nazareth when Manhattanville is sitting
0: there. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And I'm sure Coach Clausen isn't going to let him do that, but uh, but you're right. Sometimes you can get those the, the tunnel vision going on, and say, oh, there there it is, there it is at the end of the tunnel. But then all of a sudden, oh wait a minute, that light coming the other way? Oh no! <laughs> but, but no, like yeah. I, said, I think they're they're really in a fantastic position to to do a lot of good things this year. So you know, hopefully they keep it up. And, and like I said, I just just wrapping up with that Morrisville game. I truly believe that 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 was actually good for them to be locked up in a tight game like that because, like I said. It's like, okay, this is what we got to do now. Every game got to grind it out, and that's, you know, going forward. So,
2: Yeah, and I think a little bit of a gut check at this time of year is good for just about anybody. And the to men know that all too well, too, based on how Saturday ended up going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Why don't we shift gears and talk about those Hamilton men? And let's see. We got a comment up on the screen. So Josh Giggs has Coach Heenan mentioned Hamilton won't play UC now. Any idea why or what happened, Big Z? Uh, I don't know anything about that, to be honest with you. Um,
1: I think he said that on our show, didn't he?
0: I don't think he elaborated on it, though. He That's, didn't elaborate yeah. on
1: it, but he did mention it. Because you know, yeah, we no.
0: got sidetracked. In that, yeah, imagine yeah. that. We got sidetracked <laughs> on this show.
1: Yeah, no but, way. No, not with you. No. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's one of those things, honestly, I don't really know the position that all of that is in at this point. But if it if it was the reason I heard before, it's not something I'm probably supposed to talk about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, you know, as I recall, that came up because we were talking about how cool like uh, a central New York uh, tournament might be. Yeah. Like a division three for all the, the schools. Oh, it would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yeah. It would be absolutely awesome. And I did ask him about that, and he, he did mention that. That's <laughs> yeah. okay. Now that yeah, you mentioned it, I do yeah. remember that now. It's like, ah. And then like I said, of course, sidetracks happen. and See, I, never, don't,
1: I don't sleep through all the never, episodes.
0: You know, you're right. I, I always thought <laughs> that you were somehow holding your eyes together with, you know. Like, <laughs> well, I am. Yeah, true. True. But anyways, let's talk about the men's team. So they're up to number three now in the rankings. Uh, we're just coming off the Thanksgiving showcase, which I would have loved to have been there, but it's like I told you before, uh, sickness reared its ugly head and I didn't feel like getting all the rest of you guys sick. So I tried to do the right thing and stayed home and watched, but, uh, uh, anyways, Pioneers won the first game against Plymouth state. Uh, that was a tough game though. That, that really was. And you know, it's funny, you know, when you, and you look at the teams that were in there, Plymouth state and trying, not a lot of people around this area have really heard of them, but boy, the both teams came to play.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and you get two teams like that that have talent, that have structure, that have good coaching. I mean, Craig Russell at Plymouth State, he has been the top dog in the MASCAC now for so many years. And then Alex Todd, who, of course, also knows a thing or two from his old Jedi Master. Uh, he <laughs> yep. worked for Gary Heenan back in the 2004-05 season, <laughs> has learned from some great hockey minds in his own right. He uh, coached was the head coach at Castleton. And then uh, went on to work for Dean Blaze for a number of years, the legendary uh, former head coach at Nebraska-Omaha. Right. So he's been able to take all that experience back with him into a head coaching position at Trine. And, you know, that that Trine team kind of fits in probably very closely to what he he saw at Nebraska-Omaha. You get out west, you get these big physical hockey teams that play with structure. Sure, And I think in a league like the NCHC, you have to be able to play with that structure. And that's what Trine brought to the table. They were physical. They were structured. I could say the same thing about Plymouth State.
0: Absolutely. I
2: mean, those were both teams that were not only fired up to come in and play a top five team in the country, they had the talent and the discipline to back it up. Right. And when that when that happens, you find yourself as a top five team. You get into a dogfight really, really fast. And I'll I'll, I'll go back and point to Saturday. The Pioneers could have done a little bit more probably in that game to help themselves. Ended up being a 2-2 tie, but go back and look at the goal that was waved off, which was actually batted in by a glove from everything that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And then the goal that ultimately led to the 2-2 tie the puck management wasn't quite there. Right. And when you make those mistakes against a team like Trine,
0: yeah, they're they're gonna so well coach, they're
2: they are going to position themselves to hurt you. Absolutely. And so I think when you talk about gut checks, you talk about what the Utica women dealt with with Morrisville on Tuesday. I think the Pioneers very similarly had that gut check Friday and Saturday. Yes. Yes. Mind you, two two completely separate results, two completely different game flows. But I do I do think both of those were a gut check. and Those are the type of games that I could see benefiting the Pioneers in late January, early February.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know what, when, especially when you get closer, you know, you get into conference play, when you're starting to get down to the nitty gritty, things are starting to get a little bit tighter, a little bit more physical. Those are the kind of games that you look back on and say, yeah, this is how you had to win it. We had to grind through once again. You know, but but going into the Thanksgiving Classic, the Pioneers, you know, they, they had the rough start, everybody knows. They lost the first two games at Adrian. We're not going to beat that horse to death. That's already done. But they slowly but surely started looking like the Pioneers of old, right? They're starting to score a lot of goals, starting to move the puck very well. So going into that, like I said, hey, a little bit of wake-up call. But let me ask you this. What was it that the Pioneers started doing, from what you could see, after those losses at Adrian to turn things around, what was it that really started getting the wheels turned again, so to speak?
2: I think that a lot of it just boils down to being able to rely on the talent level that they've got on the table right now. I think that we have yet to see this team play its best hockey. I agree. I do, I do think that. I think that the ceiling is so much higher than what we've seen to this point through about 10 games in the season. But that said, that November that November portion of the schedule, I think that no doubt those two Stevenson games were big, also gut-check wins in a way, from a team that needed to bounce back and get some results. So I think there was certainly an element of sandpaper, an element of grit to those two wins just because the pioneers really had to kind of claw their way through both of those. And then you get into a little bit more of a settled rhythm. You take out Chatham. You take out Wilkes. So I, I think that those were all good confidence builders, but just so far, you know, I we, we haven't seen this team play its absolute best hockey yet. Yeah. And I see a comment come up on the screen. Okay, That's you can a big see that. reason why.
0: Right there. Exactly. They're
2: missing not one, but two very important defensemen right now. They are. Justin Allen remains out and probably will be out for at least a few more weeks. And uh, I know he's raring to go. He's raring to get back out there. I talked to him not that long ago. And <laughs> he's just uh, – he, he's just uh, checking his watch at this point, waiting to get back out there and do his thing, go get that 100th career point, some of the other milestones that are sitting in front of him yet. But at the end of the day, he wants to go help this team win as much as anybody. And then Kimball Johnson, yes. I can't really talk about um, his current current situation there, but I know he's out for at least the foreseeable future. And those are yes. two guys that the Pioneers really – really need to be in a championship winning position at the end of the season. It's great that they're winning without those two guys right now. Right. But at the end of the season, you would really like to have Justin back. And ideally you'd like to have Kimball there with him. So those are two, two very key pieces that the pioneers have been without. And it's great when you have the talent level and the next man up mentality to be able to kind of grind your way through a stretch like this. And
3: what's funny, what's
2: funny is too, when you talk about, or when I talk about a team that hasn't played to its potential yet, here's the other thing. Go back through history. Go back to 2021. Go back to 2020. Go back to their first conference title team back in 1718. Go back and look at those. Every time. It's been a team that has played far from its best hockey early in the season in November.
0: There you go. There you go. They have peaked at the right
2: time in all of those years. Yeah, absolutely. So if history repeats itself, and get, this team's on a really good path for the end. I think so. But they have to embrace the process in the interim.
0: And I will tell you this, you know, you mentioned the, me- the next man up mentality. Absolutely. And I, I am so impressed by the way the entire defense corps has stepped up in Justin Allen's absence. And now yes. – all- you know you're talking with Kimball Johnson. So I mean, look what Connor Fedorik's been doing. He's been unbelievable. Oh, it's unbelievable, unreal. You know, I and mean, when he's you, leading the nation in assists. Yeah, exactly. All skaters. Exactly. Th- then that's just it. You know, when 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 Justin went down, like, oh well, we still got Jason Dube. We'll, we'll be all right. You know, but then Connor just stepped right up. Blake Holmes had three assists the other night. You know, or what was it last uh, uh, I guess Plymouth? State, I think it was right. I'd have to go back and look. I thought he came
2: back into the lineup and played a really inspired performance there. There you go. For sure. I think he's played a couple of really solid games since coming back. And I just want to shout out a local guy who I think right now is playing as well as I think I've ever seen him. Jackson Rakowski. Yes. I was just
0: going to say that. had a goal and assist, I mean, the other night, or a couple weeks ago, I should say. (laughs) Exactly. And you know what? He brings that sandpaper and that that heart on his sleeve that every team needs. Because, you know, if, if they... You need that little pick me up, that little okay. Let's guys, let's get fired up. Jackson's your guy. There's no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And when he's playing well, I think it really kind of lights a fire under everybody else. They know the crowd will get behind him. And I mean, I've known I've known Jackson a long time. I've known Jackson since he was a junior in high school, I think. And even when he was at Rome Free Academy, I mean, it functioned the same way. When when he was playing well. Everybody around him played well.
0: Right. Right. Kind of the, the straw that stirs the drink, so to speak.
1: <laughs> Where'd you come up hey, with?
0: That? He's the Reggie Jackson Reggie of, of Jackson. America. There you go. Say, hey, all right, he got it. All right. There we go. We gotta get a Jackson oh, yeah. candy bar now. Um, we'll get a Jackson bar.
2: Actually, when I was uh when I was out of action, out of commission with uh the vid back in uh the before times, like God, I can't even remember how many weeks it's been <laughs> since I had COVID. I'm losing it here. Uh, but no, I was actually, uh, I was watching the Bronxes burning that ESPN yes. miniseries that, that they was did. Excellent! Oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, of the 1977
0: Yankees, yeah, unfortunately, I was only three years old at the time, and I, so I don't, I can't say I personally remember it, but. It was just to watch. It was amazing. It, it really was, and to think that all this stuff you, actually happened. You got a better it. chance than I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> and you got you got all your hair too. That's why I wear the hat. I don't have my hair, so that's. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I got to grow up with the 1998 Yankees, so I'm looking oh, okay Hey, with listen.
0: That. I was just going to say it doesn't get much better than that. So, actually, you know what though? That's kind of kind of be anti-climatic every season for you now though. Because I was like, ah, oh, this is what I grew up with. This is what I got to know. And then, but anyways, here we go again. Sidetracked. And Dave's just over there shaking his head. He's like, I knew this was going to happen. Yep. I knew it. Yep. Oh, we lost Ray for a second. Uh-oh, where'd he go? See, I told you. It's not a show it's... unless we have technical difficulties. I didn't
1: do anything. You know,
2: there I mean, he is. There he
1: is, coming back. There. See? Somewhere.
0: That's okay, because I
1: just I told, told Dave.
0: Crown Prince of technical difficulties. I told Dave, listen. There we go. Yes. <laughs> You know what? I just told them. Is that like my royal
1: entrance music? Yes, yes that's, it is. You, that's you coming back in from the heavens.
0: <laughs> like I said, it's not a show around here unless we have some sort of technical difficulty. So it's all good. We got out of the way. We're good. But anyways, let's Am I, am
2: I like uh, Morgan Freeman and Bruce Almighty here Yeah. You know <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was
2: good. That's a lot of uh, responsibility. I don't want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know you're just trying to get rid of responsibility here, and here we're throwing more back at you. So, what a bunch of nice guys. But uh, but no. Let's, <laughs> but, uh, let's get back to the pioneers because, like I said, if we not, we're, we're going to be going into the the Yankees from the 1940s pretty soon here. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> you know when they started turning around, I actually thought it was the Chatham series. That's what I really started to see. Yeah, that's the pioneers, because Chatham is an extremely good defensive team, and they put, what, six goals on them each game. So, to do that against Chatham is actually pretty impressive. And you have to have confidence on the offensive
2: end to do that to a guy like Ricardo Gonzalez, who, honest to God, I don't think there's a more underrated goaltender in the region than that guy. No way. He's fantastic.
0: He so really to is. hang
2: six on him, you have to be playing with Mox. You have to have some swagger because he makes life extremely difficult for you. And that, that program just continues to grow up by the minute sure in front of our eyes. I think that the coaching change was the best thing they ever did going yeah. out and getting uh, Michael Gershon from Robert Morris after they, uh, believe, actually, I don't know if he left before they folded up shop
0: right. or not. I That one I'm not sure. But he sure. was at
2: Robert Morris. And uh, it was a really, really good hire for them in terms of getting the program trending in the right direction. And I think that having Shadham kind of get into the ascendancy a little bit helps everybody. It helps the entire league out. Absolutely. I mean, we've kind of been waiting for, you know a few teams to that are that are younger to start rising up the ranks a little bit and just kind of tightening things up competitively and yeah. I think their contributions have gone a long way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's usually Wilkes was Stevenson's team. another one. Yes. Stevenson always plays Utica tough though. No matter what. They're always playing Utica tough. You know, Wilkes has got an awful young team this year, so they're kind of sliding taking a little step backwards. But uh you know, like yeah, I think you're right. With with Chatham making the steps that they are, it only as a whole makes the entire conference better, and, and that's what you want. You don't want just a couple of, you know, one or two horses in the in the conference, and then the rest are just more or less cannon fodder. You want good teams in your conference because it makes your conference as a better, or as a whole, look a lot better, in, especially in the voters' eyes.
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. And the, the rising tide lifts all boats, and actually the – one of the biggest examples of that I can think of, and it's not in this league – is the way that you go back probably, oh boy, about four or five years, and the way that the Commonwealth Coast Conference kind of reinvented itself. For years, back when that was the ECAC Northeast, most of that league was cannon fodder. Right, right. Like, that was the league you didn't want to be in. Exactly. There was the ECAC West, the ECAC East, those were the leagues you wanted to be in, but for some reason nobody ever wanted to join the West, which is kind of how the UCHC happened, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Um,
0: what were we just saying about sidetracks? <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: no, but uh, so for years, the, the Northeast, the I mean, there was nobody in that conversation that I would have called a national contender sure. 10 years ago.
0: Right. Absolutely.
2: Except And now, I mean, Kurt Curry's always kind of been hanging around the national rankings, the team that, of course, Mick Curran and Casper Yelkvist came from, among others. Um, they're, They're still pretty good. They got Endicott in there. They've got UNE in there. Absolutely. I mean, they've got Salve Regina in there, who is still really, really good and played for the national championship in 2018. It's just amazing how that league has gotten itself on the map. The bottom feeders for years from that league, the perennial bottom feeders, picked their game up. Right, Salve Regina being like almost the exact poster child of that.
0: Sure, sure, absolutely.
2: And he was a young program. It, it's so that's a really good example, I think, of a rising tide lifting all boats. And I don't just say that; pun, pun the pun's not intended, <laughs> even though most of those schools are near the Atlantic coast. <laughs> And in the case of U.N.E. or Endicott, you can tee up a golf ball and hit
0: the ocean. Right. <laughs> in this case, yeah. the rising tide lifts the golf ball. But that's a... – <laughs> yeah, there we go. You, you knew that was coming.
2: <laughs> or or in, or in Endicott's case, I mean, they've done an extremely good job there anyway, but also helps when Ray Bork puts up the money to build your ring. Yeah,
0: yeah, that, that kind of tends to, yeah, be just a little bit of a helping hand. Just a little, so –
2: I say the name Ray Bork and immediately my mind switches to Gary Thorne after Bork got his Stanley Cup yeah. with the Avalanche. Raymond Bork, my dream has come true.
0: <laughs> and whether you're a Ray Bork fan or not, I mean if you're a hockey fan, you had to love that moment. That was just that was awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, we're talking about national powers here, and we've got a national power coming into the uh, Adirondack Bank Center on Saturday night. Uh, Number seven, Oswego State Lakers are coming in to take on the Utica Pioneers in the Teddy teddy Bear Toss game. So give us a little preview on what you think about Oswego.
2: Well, I think that this is Oswego's most confident team in a long time. I, I could start there for sure. I think that for years, they've kind of had to settle into this role. I wouldn't actually even say settle, but they've kind of been in this spot where they've been living in Geneseo's shadow. And Geneseo's just been so, so good the last four or five years that it's really tough to escape that shadow. And they finally got the win they were looking for. So I think that that's absolutely massive. Like Utica, there's been some cobwebs here in the first half of the season, and they've had to work through that as well. And I think actually a loss to a team like Skidmore that's going to rattle their cage and get them going a little bit. You want to talk about first half gut checks? Right there right. it is for uh, Oswego. that Skidmore team. And that's there's there's another guy you should probably consider as a guest at some point if you haven't already. Uh, Rob Hutchison, the head coach over there at Skidmore, he's a Waterville guy. Oh yeah. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Might
2: might be might be worth a uh, a check check in at some point. And
0: absolutely. Yeah. Biggsy
2: getting us the connections. Love it. But, <laughs> yes, but Hutch has done an unbelievable job getting that Skidmore team going in the right direction, and I wasn't necessarily surprised yeah. to see them beat Oswego because they gave Geneseo a lot of problems. They did. They really did. <laughs> so. They've, they've got a little something going to, out there in Saratoga Springs right now. and uh, But yeah, I do really think the Suswego team is one of the most confident groups that they've had in a long, long time. It's one of the most developed groups they've had in a long time. Uh, Shane Bowl is playing extremely well for them right now. But certainly as well, I think that there are some holes that can be poked. The special teams, I don't think, are functioning as well as they should for us. We go at the moment.
3: So there's an
2: opportunity to gash them, I think, if you're the Pioneers. And it's also an opportunity to kind of go out there and challenge your special teams to perform even better. Right. If you're Utica as well. Exactly. Like, the special teams leverage could win or lose this game.
0: That's a great point. That that really is because, you know, oftentimes we usually talk about five on five and we, we have this stat and we have that stat. Special teams get overlooked, and I'll tell you what, if one team or another gets a lot of power plays, it changes the complexion of the game. I mean, it, it's it's everything. It, it really is.
2: Yeah, and I also do, I mean, I think as well that Oswego has added some great pieces. Um, Danny Colabufo is somebody who comes to mind. Um, his father is the head coach at West Genesee. They play an almost identical power play system. Uh, the, they play basically an identical one three one to what Oswego Oswego runs, um, and he was at Holy Cross,
0: okay. transferred
2: back in, and I think that that's an absolutely massive pickup for them on a Central New York front. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the boys get after this one this weekend because I uh, I think we're in for one heck of a hockey game.
0: Oh, I I, I totally agree. I really agree. Both teams are going to be coming in extremely pumped, and you know what? I mean, l- listen, this is like almost like the the bragging rights of Central New York, right here. Because you know, I mean, both teams are in the top ten, so it's you know, drop the gloves. Here we go. <laughs> Winner take all. Yeah, and it's you know, it's been a long time coming. I
2: mean, there was a preseason exhibition last year between the two, which Utica won six to four, but. It's been a while since this one's really had a lot of juice to it. So it's good to kind of have that feeling back. It, you know, it reminds me of back when Utica was around its frozen 4 on Oswego had a really, really experienced group at that point um, with a bunch of guys that had kind of been brought in on the heels of their only national title in 07. I'm thinking like, you go back and you think of some of those names, even some that weren't even there by that point. Um, but you, you remember you remember the pioneers in those days. Yes. Uh, Evan Shalanda was the captain that year. Jordan Hulbika. John Gaffney. And then on the other side for us, we go. I mean, at one point, and I'm not guaranteeing that every single one of these players overlapped because I know they didn't, but you look at the team that they had back then. Uh, Steven Molaro, guy out of Syracuse who went on to coach and is still coaching up at a Northwood school in Lake Placid. Neil Musselwhite, who won the fastest skater contest at the Frozen Four, the D1 Frozen Four <laughs> at Ford Field in Detroit a number of years ago. Eric Selick, who went on to the NHL.
0: Right, right.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Hank Van Boxmeer, whose dad played a long time in the NHL. Um. John Whitelaw, who you'll see on Saturday as an assistant coach, Ted Gosick.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the list goes on and on. It's unreal, you know. And Paul Rodriguez, who was an assistant on that Skidmore team that just beat
2: Oswego. Sure. There you go. And his brother is uh, still kicking around the NHL with a few different teams.
0: Yeah. I think he's with Pittsburgh now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Last I
2: checked, he's with Pittsburgh. He's also with the Sabres for a bit. Yep. But yeah, like. Those two teams back then had some serious hockey pedigree, and I feel like we're kind of getting back to that feeling now.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like but, hockey's version of Six Ways to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I just, I just feel like the performance of these two teams, the profile of these two teams, is at a very, very similarly balanced and competitive level as it was then. Right. I want to say the series hasn't been balanced because good Lord out of like the last eight meetings, I think like five of them have been tied or some crazy thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> I've got that squared away in my notes somewhere, but they, they played to a lot of ties, including that one at the carrier though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I don't, I hope we don't get a tie this weekend. I, I'd rather see just a, you know, winner one way or another, that would be the, the ideal situation. But, uh, but you, uh, you're going to be broadcasting yourself all over Central New York for that game, aren't you? Yes, I
2: will be. WKTV News Channel Two—they're picking that up. So with that, they'll uh, take me. They'll take me with them for the night. Um, which means for a change, the radio broadcast will be under actual adult supervision. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, don't say because that. I don't think I count as adult supervision, even though I'm 31. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I've been out there in the press box, but so you do a good job. You know, it's, like, it's all good. <laughs> and I
2: see see the comment pop up too. Yeah, to Josh's point as well. The old Hobart games were fantastic yeah. too.
0: Yes, they were. And
2: uh, I, I, I will never, ever forget that one in 2013. Where Ejikati scored about five minutes ago. Yeah, that was ultimately. I am convinced that was the game that sealed our fate and sealed our opportunity to get in in the selection room. Because if yeah. Hobart had taken that second out of th- the two out of three, I don't know if it happens. Right, right. Like yeah. that's that's how tight things were that day. And yeah, the, that whole that Hobart game is crushing my mind forever. The following season, they go out to their place, and I'll never forget. Utica's down two nothing. Adam Graf goes out and scores a natural hat trick to win the game in overtime.
0: That's a, yeah, that's that's awesome. Though. I mean, so you, those talk about a dream. Those come were true. moments that those
2: were moments that defined the growth of this program. And now, all three programs in Central New York like that, and. I guess you could call Hobart Central New York. I don't know. It's West Central New York. Well, it's kind of out there in the Finger Lakes. We'll
0: just, we'll just call them satellites. They're a satellite. Yes. <laughs> Western, Western satellite. Yes. <laughs> um,
2: That's great. I'm trying to think of the exact term I'd like to use.
0: Outpost. Yes, there you go. They're the
2: frontier.
1: Hey, don't use my name.
2: <laughs> I mean, to be fair. It is the fronts here. They have Wegmans. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Yeah, exactly. You know who's got it better than them? They got Wegmans for crying out loud. Come on. <laughs> but no, that's uh, like I said, this is this is huge because then you know you look at the rest of the schedule. So after the Oswego game, they go out back out to Michigan to take on the USA under eighteen team, which is a, an exhibition game, and then they they go for winter break. When they come back. All the, up, the rest of the schedule is UCHC, so there it basically just lays out right in front of you, right there. And like, would you would you mention getting you know Justin Allen back at some point? Then here's the time now to go on that role that we were talking about.
2: Yeah, that's an opportunity to kind of build the role right there. You go out, you play the U.S. Under eighteen team, and. The guys always tend to get up for that one. I mean, there's no, no secret. The last two times they've played the 18Us, uh, the results have been pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the time that they had that big comeback out in Plymouth against a team that had a few guys on it, you may know uh, Keandre Miller, Jack Hughes.
0: Just a couple of scrubs and then, they had, no problem. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just, just, a of, just a couple of guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Including one who is currently on the first place, New Jersey Devils.
0: Yeah. Well, how about them, too? I, man, oh, man.
2: I'm I'm in awe of the fact that that's even happening. Before the season, people were like, oh, yeah, the Devils are going to be really good. I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, they'll be good for but a couple weeks. That's why I play the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? My, uh, my, my, my my beloved New York Rangers can create chances like there's no tomorrow but can't finish anything. So. Oof,
0: I know. <laughs> And well, but you know what though? It's a long season, though. That's and that's the whole thing. I mean, you never know. I mean, look at look what the St. Louis Blues did a few years ago, right? I mean, they were floundering outside Speaking of a, a playoff spot, and then they turn around on the Stanley Cup. So
2: I can't believe the Rangers let
0: Bucinovich walk. Jeez, I know, right? You want to? Talk He's about, lighting it up right now. You want to talk about a oops? That was our bad. Yeah, that was an oops. <laughs> Big oops. <laughs> Man, oh man! I tell you, it's it's unreal. At least the Rangers got Halak his first win. Hey, well there you go, Jordy. You know he's coming, in with, coming in with the positive. There you go. <laughs> That's great. That is great. Uh, so, so you know what? We've we've covered the pioneers, but I know you've got another passion for another Utica sports team. Your Utica City FC. So talk to us a little bit about them.
3: Well,
2: I think that it's an exciting new era for sure. I think that between all the new pieces that they're bringing in, a lot of them were on display this weekend at uh, that U.S. versus the World Scrimmage that they had on Sunday, that little inner squad which I thought was a great event, well-received, and the crowd about as solid as I think it could be for a preseason exhibition with the World Cup and football on at the same time. Sure. So I really uh, I thought that the people that were there got into it. I thought that the players that they brought into camp really put on a nice show for everybody. And many of those players today, if you check the MASL transaction wire, have been rewarded with contracts, including the top pick in the MASL draft, hey. who was drafted by Tacoma, Alex Gomez. He is here. And Very good. He's relatively young. Tommy Tanner told me he's only like 18, 19 years old, but the sky's the limit for the kid. So it's a uh, really exciting stuff. It's kind of a little bit of a retooled roster, but there's certainly some mainstays back. Uh, Nate Bordeaux, Bo Yelovitz, uh, Joey Tavernisi, Andrew Coughlin, and a lot of that group is still back. And Christian Segura as well, who I think is just a super, super important piece of the puzzle. But, with Everton Marrera in, new head coach, a lot of new faces on the roster. You know, it's it's kind of an opportunity for the community, I think, to really fall in love with this team all over again. Yes. Fall in love with this product all over again. With a younger team, there might be some ups and downs this year, but it should be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Right. Absolutely. You know what? I'll tell you, that, that indoor soccer is so much fun to watch anyways. It, it really is. You know, I think I've told it's, you this before. I mean, I personally don't like, get that into regular soccer, but that indoor soccer, man, it's just nonstop action. It, it really is. It's an
2: absolutely beautiful game, and I just hope the long-term everything kind of shakes out the league's vision for the product and where they would like it to go. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just excited to see what becomes of all of this because I think that the long-term potential of it Is unbelievable. I agree. Especially if they can capitalize off this World Cup stuff. Sure. Sure. It'd be fantastic. Absolutely. Looking forward to the future with the league and everything that's going on with Utica City FC as well. And uh, they've given me a lot of great opportunities to do some things I never would have thought possible, especially last year, getting to go to the finals. It was probably the best experience professionally of my life
0: that's awesome that is awesome I
2: mean it's pretty bizarre when so if you've been watching the World Cup you probably know some of these names um JP Della camera-hmm I guess he more or less specifically picked me out uh, to go do this radio stuff uh, for Sirius XM which no kidding when you hear that I mean no There's kidding. no no American has called more World Cups than that guy.
0: That's awesome. Men's,
2: women's. He's the lead voice of the women's World Cup for in the United States on Fox. You get that phone call, yeah. And if you because I bet this guy who's literally the dean of broadcasters in this sport in the, in the states
3: that saw enough
2: awesome. of me to send me out to Florida and to California. And then another another name that I got to work with out in uh, San Diego at the second game of the finals, uh, Warren Barton. He's been calling a lot of the group stage matches for Fox as well. So,
0: absolutely. Tell you awesome, what, you just program. never know who
2: you're going to run into in this crazy life.
0: I guess <laughs> not, right? I guess not. Boy, I couldn't imagine him getting that phone call. You must have been like Ralph Cramden, just going humming ah, humming a humming hummin <laughs> 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 uh,
2: Yeah, for, for 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 sure. You 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 see uh You see that many uh, titans of the game walk into a room, you you
0: feel a little small at that point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, just one other quick point, too. I I see that uh, at the Nexus Center, they got the turf on rink two. So is uh, FC going to be playing any games there at all, or is that more just like a, a practice that maybe fans can come watch a little bit, or...?
2: So they've laid the turf down at Nexus uh, basically to become the practice facility for the team as much as humanly possible. Cool. I mean, they've been they've been practicing out in Syracuse all these years. so and awesome. that's had its advantages. I mean, it kind of helps that for a lot of years, uh, Ben Raymond, who's no longer with the team, he's with uh, Milwaukee now. His family owned the CMY, owns the CMY Family Sports Center, which is where Utica was practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was obviously a very good arrangement for a lot of reasons. But now an opportunity has kind of come up to bring the operation in-house, really kind of vertically integrate it in a way that they've wanted to. I think that that's good for everybody if, as long as – You can kind of have everything based there. It makes life easier for everybody in the long run. Might make it a little bit tougher for some of the guys that are based in Syracuse and may not want to move and pick up roots. Right. But I think for the overall identity of the organization, it's really good to kind of have everything under one roof like that. and Really kind of grow within your footprint, grow within Utica, which is, what, it, what I really think they've wanted for a long time. So oh, yeah. there, there's a lot of excitement there for sure.
0: No doubt about it's not,
2: it. You know, it certainly comes with some price of admission there. Again, there's some guys based out in Syracuse that probably have had a little bit more driving added to their plates. But yeah, I think it also comes with a lot more benefits than costs.
0: Well, and, and really Syracuse isn't that far away. So, I mean, it's not like it, it's really that bad. But, uh, you know, I, I will yeah. say this, uh, a friend of mine, uh, he, he plays soccer and he got to meet some of the, the players and the, the kid is still talking about, it. He, he's, he's just over, he's over the moon. It's incredible. So I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I think he sleeps with that soccer ball every night now. And I think he probably will for the next four months. So, cause they signed a soccer ball yeah, for him. So. I can, and I can say the same
2: thing about our, our men's and women's teams here at Utica university. You know what? Everybody around me, as far as the players go, especially they they make my life uh they make my life easier. They make it fun to come to work. They make it fun to go to work for them. That's awesome. And I can see that with the city guys yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely for
2: sure. They've they've really kind of taken me in as part right. of the organization. Even though I'm not not around all the time, I work 12 days a year.
0: Right, but still, but they've, they've
2: really gone out of their way to make sure I know what I'm contributing to that organization and. It's, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, it, and if they make you feel like family, that's that's huge right there. Uh, actually, Josh, that's actually a really good question. I didn't think of that. Uh, is the turf for the Yeti, too, the lacrosse team? Huh. That's, we'll have to find out.
2: That I Well, the turf that was in the yard this weekend had lacrosse lines. Well, there you go. So <laughs> there not, it is. Not overly well not like overly like permanent lacrosse lines, but I did see the gold crease lines on the turf. They also had that tournament thing, um, over the summer as well that I didn't really know much about, but right. <laughs> that, uh, that North American invitational, uh, event. Actually, I think that's when I had COVID. So well, that may have just, that's uh, know the it. mystery.
0: there. <laughs> exactly.
2: I, I call it, I I knew about it. I just didn't get a chance to pay much
0: attention because I think I was pretty sick at the time. You you had another thing on your mind. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, in my lungs. Yeah, and everywhere else. (laughs) And up my nose. Yep. Stop there, Ray. Ray. (laughs) Well, Ray, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk Mm -hmm. to us because this has been so much fun. And uh, we, we just yeah absolutely glad, glad to uh, glad to get to participate in your uh, corner of the internet here. This has been fun. Absolutely, and uh, and of course I will see you Saturday night anyway. So uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to continue the chat up in the press box. So
2: absolutely, and uh, just just for the record, uh, it's going to be tight up there. Yeah, I I, <laughs> a I
0: have a feeling. Yes, coming. I have a feeling, so I, I might be uh, sitting on a step somewhere. So that's okay. That's all right. I, I can handle it.
2: We'll make, we'll make sure we save you a chair somewhere.
0: Well, I appreciate that, too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Priority media access. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, accommodations. Well, yes, there you go. Ex- there it is. Perfect. <laughs> But no, but, but think- see,
2: uh, it's, it's going to be tight up there for sure. A lot of guy, a lot of folks coming in. Yeah. Not only from Oswego, but also USCHO has got a couple. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy.
0: Oh, my Plus goodness. television stuff. Wow. Well, I guess so. That is, that's, it's going to be tight for sure. But that's okay. It's, it'll actually make it a lot of fun having all, all those different people there and lot of different opinions going on and we'll see what, what plays out on the ice that's going to make it even better it's going to so. feel like a frozen forest there a little bit <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but uh but yeah like i said man, thank you again for for coming on i really truly appreciate it and like i said i'll certainly see you saturday night sounds good have a great one all right buddy thank you take care all right that was ray biggs the voice of the pioneers Always a fun guest to have on, man. He's so much fun to talk to. So we're going to take a a commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap things up here at 315 Hockey Live. Come on back after the commercial.
3: Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, The Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store. listen to our country music streaming radio station or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Stop by today at myfalls.com You'll be glad you did.
0: As always great job with that commercial, my friend. I, was, I love it. Yeah, It's at every right. show. But I know. needs an update. You know, well, yeah, but you, you were talking about that print publication. Oh, yeah. You know, hopefully someday, I said three one five hockey will have something like you that. You never know. Someday, it's, a, it's all
1: possible. Be awesome. Everything is possible.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's just wrap things up here. Um, I don't have the graphics for the the schedule. So What we're gonna do? We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna direct you to our social media tomorrow. Oh, okay. So we'll put it on our social media. We'll put it on okay. the Facebook. We'll put it on the Twitter. And we're gonna put it on Instagram and uh, uh-huh. so check it out there. Yeah, all yeah. right. So yeah, because I, you know, running late, I didn't get a chance for anything, you know. All that yeah, so, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. All right. But uh, but again, you know, make sure you check out three one five hockeycom because we always got our you know, previews, um, three observations that you know for the games that we cover. I yep. go on there and spout our opinions off. Like today, I had one that uh, I did. Cause I went to the comments uh, rocket game last night.
1: Yeah, I saw the headline. I didn't read the story. Yeah.
0: Well, so. the the observation. One of the observations was. Um, a lot of people get aggravated about faceoffs, right? You know because they think they're being delayed. You know oh, I got to drop the puck and this and that. A lot of it stems from the fact that over the past few years, uh, organized hockey from the NHL level all the way down is making a concentrated effort to like basically clean up the faceoff off circle so there's not as much cheating. You know as far as like positioning or you know okay. So how are they doing that? that?
1: Just by backing off? So as like opposed to dropping are,
0: it? Yeah. So the lines are no, you got to. Get in your position. I'm not dropping the puck. So, okay. You know, so people get mad at the linesman, but it's not their fault. They're just doing their jobs. Right, right. So there's a lot. to. So I put that in the observation.
3: But anyways, it's just nice. a little side thought
0: that I had. Yeah. yeah. But You uh, get a lot of those. <laughs> oh, but you ain't Keep getting... most of them out of your stories. I know, right? He's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be off the internet in a hurry. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
1: really? <Yeah. laughs> no, this is totally uncensored.
0: Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, want to thank Ray Biggs for uh, coming on the show once again. That was awesome. The voice of the pioneers. And speaking of the pioneers, like you said, don't forget they're actually on TV this weekend. Uh, Saturday That's night, be cool. Seven o'clock. WKTV. Uh, it's a sold out game. So
1: you know I'm good gonna luck- be i'm busy live streaming the herkimer originals
0: that's right tell so, us a little bit about that before oh we, yeah you yeah, know so give you give you the spotlight
1: oh geez uh, don't do that yeah we did our first multi-camera live stream kind of thing last saturday uh at herkimer college and and uh, it was a production
0: yeah did it go okay though
1: <laughs> it went okay there were so, a few glitches here and there you but, had technical difficulties Uh, I feel better now. Most of them weren't tactical. I mean, there were a couple of minor technical things. Get this. So I was using a scoreboard overlay. Mm -hmm. Basketball, right? Yep. Get to 99. The opposing team was killing them, right? And uh, it stopped at 99. They didn't, but the scoreboard did. So
0: did you just tell everybody it was Wayne Gretzky?
1: I tell you what, I, it was so frustrating. Like you used to on breakaway trivia. Yeah, I know. Oh, I just wanted to, I was like, give me a break. So I killed that scoring thing. and I brought in another one real quick. And by the end of the game, I had the correct score up there, but, and, and then I tried to manually, you know, in some of these things, uh, you can connect hardware to the scoring system. And so that when you're seeing the score, you're seeing the time uh, shot clock file, things like that. You can see it on the bottom and that's typically a hardware link. Well, Okay, the equipment they had there doesn't work with the system I have. Oh, boy. So I was manually trying to keep up with the clock.
0: Oh, no, boy. I'm
1: not doing that again. Not good. No, no, that is that is virtually impossible. I thought no. I'd try it one time. But no, it's not possible. No. So, you know, a couple of things. And there was a commercial that somehow the audio didn't run. Mm-hmm. And the commercial ran. And that that was me. That was a technical issue. Wow. Yeah. He admits but, it. Yeah, I admit it. But uh, I'll, I'll fix it. But <laughs> I had a play-by-play kid. Banner yeah. Jakeway, yeah. who was on your show, yeah. I, he'll I tell be you back. what, he'll be back. For somebody who got totally thrown into this, who had never done play by play before, mm-hmm. uh, he started out well. He was a little monotone with his voice, All right? And so I, I don't know what the stream looks like. I have no idea what the world is seeing, right? And so my wife was watching and texting me comments about, well, you have no audio with that commercial or, you know, know, stuff like that. And she said, Tanner sounds a little monotone. He needs to step up his game. And so I show him the phone and he goes, okay. And he really (laughs) got into it. Not only did he do play by play, he did analysis. Oh, wow. He had studied, he had a stack of paperwork of the opposing team and the originals and no kidding. It, it was. I didn't have a headset on, so I I could. He was to my left, and I could hear some of it. So what I've added is another headset, so that I can provide comedic, really, right. for him, like I do you. Sure. But uh, but I also yeah, but so that we can coordinate a little bit better right. with each other, and I can hear what he's saying because you know, yeah. the, and we got bounced off Facebook. <laughs> that was another thing. For a copyright violation on Oops. music. Oh, uh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. See? It wasn't me. I'm not playing it. The, all my cameras were picking up the sounds that were being played inside. Right. And uh, I forgot I, where, but we were we were kicked off. So Sony made a claim on the... <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> but, now you're getting sued <laughs> yeah i'm not getting sued Jeez, I didn't here we go i didn't play any of it so yeah, here no, we go it was it was a lot of fun yeah. uh it was extremely stressful leading up to it but uh Which made it through now i'm kind of looking forward their their game is at seven o'clock saturday at uh utica's notre dame Yeah, there and you go. and then they're back again sunday uh at 3 p.m at herkimer college and there you go so yeah
0: well, Sunday night you're competing with the Pioneer or Saturday night you're competing with the Pioneers. I know that.
1: You know I I, I don't I'd know. like to see I don't that. I know game, hockey fans this yeah. guy over here, you know, but You know, hey, any local sports? Any 3 right. sports?
0: Absolutely. It's back. Absolutely. On. Totally yep. agree. Yep. And you know what? That's that's really cool that, that we do have a basketball team around.
1: I, it's amazing. It's an ABA team. Uh yeah. they were number 7 Saturday, but after that spanking, I I I doubt Probably that they're not number anymore, 7, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. It was pretty bad.
0: They'll still have a number. That's yeah. all that counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, what do you say we take this one home, Dave the Save? All right. Like I said, once again, I want to thank Ray Biggs for coming on. Uh, like I said, the voice of the Pioneers, always a great guest, always awesome to have on. And don't forget, catch him on KTV Saturday night at 7 o'clock. So, for Dave the Save Warner, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next week on 315 Hockey Live.